The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 917. It's true, from a certain point of view, Rogue One has beaten Force Awakens at the box office. I will explain how, and it's going to blow your mind about the Force Awakens too while we're at it. Punch it, Chewie. Feel a disturbance in the Force? It's Star Wars 7x7, your daily seven-minute podcast. With your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And here's the funny thing. So Rogue One is, of course, considered a 2016 movie, and The Force Awakens is considered a 2015 movie. However, The Force Awakens made a significant chunk of money in 2016. And yet, you won't see it on any lists of the highest grossing movies of 2016 because it wasn't released in 2016. But were you to do that, you would find something surprising. The Force Awakens made $284.7 million domestically in 2016, which, if you look at the domestic polls of all the movies in 2016, it would be number 11 on the list. Now, Rogue One would only be in second place, as it turns out, finding Dory beat it by about eh, not quite $40 million domestically. And again, that's 2016 only, and Finding Dory has completed its run, but Rogue One has not, so all of the 2017 numbers will be added to Rogue One's total, and it will ultimately pass Finding Dory as the number one movie of 2016, domestically at least. Worldwide right now, Rogue One is sitting in seventh place, but you know what? It hasn't even opened in China. It's opening today in China, as it turns out. So one of the biggest markets internationally hasn't even seen the movie yet, and so chances are that number is going to jump significantly. It still has a ways to go to get to number one. Captain America Civil War was the number one movie of 2016 worldwide, with $1.15 billion to its credit. Rogue One is at this time only at <laughs> only at 817 million. So, yeah, they've got a little ways to go, another 300 million or so. I think they can probably do that. So, getting back to the original point though. All right. So, it is kind of clickbaity, I guess, to say Rogue One beat The Force Awakens at the box office. It depends on your point of view if you're talking about only the money made in 2016, then Rogue One certainly beat them. If you're talking about the money overall, well, heck, Nothing beats The Force Awakens domestically, at least. Only Avatar beat it worldwide. So, yeah. Even then, why did Avatar have to hold that title? Uh, you know, maybe The Force Awakens will get a couple of re-releases and we'll be able to take on Avatar once and for all for the worldwide title. But that's going to be down the road a ways, I imagine. Heck, if they decide to release The Force Awakens prior to the release of Episode Eight, just to get everybody reacquainted with it, maybe it'll even happen this year. It's possible. It's possible. But let's get back to Rogue One. We have seen so far $817 million in box office receipts for Rogue One. And it begs the question, as we've talked about previously on the podcast and I've discussed with other folks in Facebook groups, what number will make Rogue One a success? 
Considering the fact that it's not a saga movie, considering the fact that Bob Iger and on down the chain were trying to downplay investor expectations and everybody else's expectations, all the talk about it being an experiment and all that stuff, at what point do we say it's a success? So I threw out a billion dollars just as a round number, like that would be a success. And as it approaches a billion, I have to say it crossing 800 million worldwide, I feel like we are already in success range or already in that zone where we can safely say this was a financial, a fiscal success. It's something that proves the concept for Lucasfilm to continue pursuing these kinds of stories. What I don't know yet is if it gives Lucasfilm a mandate, per se. I think we're pretty much there, and I think if it crosses a billion, then I think we could use the word mandate, that they absolutely have the license to produce any kind of standalone story they want. And I know I'm saying any kind of standalone story they want. Of course they're going to do that within reason. They're not just suddenly going to pick a random character uh, Sigurtels, for example, you know, like they're not going to pull something out of absolute nowhere and make a movie about that. And for those of you who don't know who Sigurtels is, that's okay. Like I only heard about him recently as part of a discussion that Pablo Hidalgo initiated in a tweet storm about the EU and rebooting the canon and all that sort of thing. And so anyway, yeah, long story short, he was a Quarren who betrayed his planet to the Empire, and his planet also included the Mon Calamari, and so the Empire conquered the Mon Calamari and the Quarren, but eventually the Quarren and the Mon Calamari worked together to expel the Empire from their planet just before the events of Star Wars, a.k.a. A New Hope. It supposedly happened in between 2 and 1 BBY before the Battle of Yavin. Again, this is all now expanded universe legend stuff. There you have it anyway. More than you wanted to know about it, maybe. The point being that a mandate is a mandate only to a certain degree. But making half of what The Force Awakens made, I mean, literally making a billion dollars less than what The Force Awakens made, well, there's got to be some explanation for that. And there are a few, which I will share with you after the break. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com slash SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you. Audibletrial.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. All right. So generally speaking, Rogue One and The Force Awakens have had very positive reviews. So bad reviews would not be a likely reason why Rogue One would perform less well compared to The Force Awakens at the box office. What it ultimately seems to come down to driving these big box office numbers is repeat viewings. Now, I've been looking for stats on repeat viewings of Rogue One, and I haven't seen any hard data. I haven't seen any survey research or anything like that. It does exist in a limited fashion for The Force Awakens, though. Fandango conducted a survey of 1,000 people about a week after The Force Awakens' release, and 42% of those surveyed said that they were going to see the movie again, and the most cited reason why was because they loved the movie, not just because they were Star Wars fans. And Fandango said that they were seeing twice the number of repeat viewings for The Force Awakens as compared to your garden-variety blockbuster. 
Meanwhile, Disney did some exit polling from The Force Awakens during the weekend of January 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And they said an eye-popping, this is from a story on The Wrap, an eye-popping 61% of third weekend audiences had seen the blockbuster at least once before, and 23% had seen it two or more times. Will Rogue One do as well in the repeat viewings? Well, probably not. Partly, I imagine, because we had 10 years of pent-up demand for a Star Wars movie, and The Force Awakens released a lot of that pent-up frustration, like, and so having one right after that, you know, it doesn't allow the pressure to build up in the same way. That's one reason, I think. And another reason, Chris Taylor from Mashable and the author of How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, I think he nails very well in pointing out that Rogue One does not have the same elements of myth and mystery that the saga movies do. Rogue One, as he notes, is designed to answer more questions than it asks, which is pretty much the opposite of The Force Awakens, which poses more questions or creates more questions for us to pose than it answers. So for now, what I would love to hear from you is how many times have you seen Rogue One already and how many times do you intend on seeing it? Leave your comments at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. I am at four right now and counting. I'm looking forward to a fifth viewing, but not looking forward to it so much that I actually have it on the calendar, but I'm definitely hoping to see it at least one more time in theaters. And for now, that will do it talking about Rogue One box office until and when it crosses the one billion mark, and it will also do it for today's podcast as well. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you try to rescue the Chancellor, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a scheme by a grievous, it's destiny unleashed. is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.